you become stronger and more successful. People actually build better relationships with you. You reach your goals so much faster and you're physically and mentally healthier as well. So it's not just a, a women's empowerment thing, but it's a scientific thing as well. It really, really does help. And I think that we always need to be the, the positive, um, show a positive lead because there's so much disempowerment out there. And that is more of a problem, as I see it, than a, a lack of humility. Like I really think that the more we can do for people developing their confidence and having a presence and having a voice, the better the world will be, the better place the world will be in general. Welcome to the I Heart My Life show with success coach, Emily Williams. Tune in daily to learn how to design a life you love, create more success and wealth, move past fear and blocks, and bring more joy into your life and business. It's time to create a life that's better than your dreams. Hey everyone, it's Emily Williams here and welcome to the I Heart My Life show. I have the incredible Nick Pigeon here with me. She's one of my friends and she's also a best-selling Hay House author, positive psychologist, and success coach. So I'm going to read a little bit about Nick and then we're going to dive right in. So Nick is a qualified positive psychologist and success coach who recently won a Young Entrepreneur of the Year Award in the UK. She proudly travels the world speaking, coaching, and helping women create more joy, personal power, and unstoppable success within themselves and their businesses. She has been appointed as a supporting partner at the United Nations Women UK and as an ambassador for their One Bracelet campaign to end violence against women. Nick has been featured in media such as Mary Claire, Women's Health, The Daily Express, and Mind Body Green. Her best-selling book, Now Is Your Chance, is available world worldwide in paperback, Kindle, and audiobook. Quite the impressive bio, Nick. I've been hard at work. Taking a few years. <laughs> yeah, it's so exciting to have you on the show. Um, honestly. I don't think you know this. I don't think I've shared this, but recently I did this little questionnaire where I wrote out who in my life brings me joy. And you are someone who was on that list. And it was a really Aww. small list, I have to admit. Thank um, you so much. Yeah, because you have such a beautiful spirit and it's not surprising people will see why you're a positive psychologist. And, you know, sometimes there are people who don't practice what they preach, but you are definitely not that person. And so I know that the audience is in for a, a huge treat and that having you here today, is going to be life changing for them. Well, thank you for having me on. Thank you for inviting me. It's really my pleasure and honor to be here. Oh, you're welcome. So what I find with all of my guests that I want to dive into right away today is that there's often some sort of turning point that led them to where they are now in the work that they do in the world. So I'd love to ask you, what was your turning point? It's a great question. And I think it's one of those questions that it's very easy to answer in hindsight. So quite often along the journey, we don't actually realize how profound and how important the experiences we have are. For me, probably my lowest low was I remember being in bed one night, waking up from a nightmare and feeling absolutely terrified at the, the hallucinations and the flashbacks and the nightmares that I was having, recalling when I was actually raped. 
So a few years ago, I was locked in what I thought at the time was a taxi and I was raped when I was on holiday in Spain. And I, I completely repressed that experience and didn't deal with it for a number of years. And when I started to do the work and I started to do the healing work, I started to put the positive psychology tools to the test and really go deep into my spiritual practice. That's when things really started to change because I realized that it's very easy to be happy and look like things are going well on the outside, but it's that integration sometimes of who you feel like you are on the inside and what you portray on the outside that really makes a difference. Yeah, I totally agree. And I don't think um, there's a woman in the world who hasn't tried to hide something in her life. Not everything is as, you know, it is what you've experienced. Um, but all of us, you know, we want to appear like we have it together. We want to be positive. We want to be happy. We want to pretend like things are, you know, going so well when we feel like they aren't. And so tell me a little bit more how you move past that place of, you know, hiding it and repressing it and into a place where you were able to deal with it and really process what happened? So for me, it was actually, it took for me to become physically ill and unwell before I actually listened up to the work that I needed to do. I am fantastic at working hard, doing, keeping on going, throwing myself into things. And as you know, we live in this busy, disconnected world now. And all I was doing was keeping myself busy so I didn't have to face what was really going on. Mm -hmm. So I, I got really ill for a number of weeks. And it wasn't like me because I've always been very healthy. And because yeah. I was forced to look after myself, create space, that's when I started to have these nightmares and to really be forced to do the work. So I worked with a mentor at the time who was a spiritual mentor and he really helped me with having the courage to speak with my parents about it. I went to get professional counseling, which is like a talking therapy. But a lot of the work that I did was through my own practice and it was through my own experience and knowledge of positive psychology and also meditation. So meditation gave me a, a grounding and it gave me a place and a space within which to feel safe. And I think whenever you're going through something that's hard, whether it's a trauma that's related to abuse or maybe a relationship or something, an accident or a struggle, whatever it is, whether it's small or whether it's large, it's, it's hard to feel like you're safe and protected. So what I learned from that experience was like we always have an opportunity to take a next positive step. So for me, that's all I focused on every day. What can I do knowing that I've got this support around me? I've got these practices. I've got these people. How can I take one next positive step? And what was the vision that you had? What were you stepping towards? What was the end goal? Honestly, when I was in that space and place, it was a challenge to get through the day. And I think it's important for people to hear that because a lot of influencers and speakers and coaches are talking about have a big vision, live your big vision. And that's great when you can see it, but sometimes people can't see it. So when I was in that really dark, challenging place, I didn't have a, a vision from day to day, but I had this feeling and this knowing that I was meant for something more. And that is something that kept me going because in the dark times, in the scary times, I was able to connect in with a sense of gratitude because I knew that somewhere along the line, whether it was in a year, five years, 10 years, 
I would be able to teach from this place and I would be able to help somebody else that was going through it as well. So I understood that whilst I, it was a challenge at the time, there was something good that was going to come from it as well. Yeah, I want all the listeners to hear that. So even in the darkest moments where you were sick, you didn't know how you were going to move forward, you didn't know how you were going to get through the day from time to time, you still had this inner knowing that you were meant for something more. And I know a lot of people feel that, yet a lot of people deny it or they Mm -hmm. think like, oh, that's not for real. That's just my head in the clouds again. I'm curious to know how you knew it was for real and how you got the courage to continue to believe that. I think because I've always had this desire to be, do, create and have more. And before I was dealing with all of this kind of trauma and before it had risen up, I'd always been a hard worker and I'd had a business and I'd been trying really hard to make it work. And I think it gave me the, the clarity to, to understand that there, there is something out there and through hard work, you can create success. So when I was in that dark place, I guess I I knew that I'd started something, but I also knew that I could come back to it and come back so much stronger as well. So that's something that I am really, really passionate about other people understanding now. The fact that no matter what you go through, whether it's a, a natural disaster or a daily disaster, we all have the power within us to create a change. Beautiful. So that's led you to the work you do now. So can you talk a little bit about your company that you've created and the women you work with? Yeah, of course. Thank you. So the work that I do is something that I'm grateful every day to do because I get to wake up and be myself. So this integration of who I was before and what I learned during that traumatic kind of experience has allowed me to show up as myself every day. And I think that that in itself is an amazing thing. So, so let me pause you for a second. And you just said that you integrated what happened to you previously. Mm. I think a lot of people would cut that off. So can you explain that a little bit more? Yeah. So I believe that we are gifted with all of our experiences to make us bigger and better and stronger people. Now, the work that I did when I was processing having been raped and all of the emotions and the fear and the, the terror that comes up within that it was a very, various different stages. I did various different processes. So getting through the day was the first thing. And then that moved into actually looking at how I could help others. And the final stage of my healing was finding gratitude for that experience. Mm-hmm. Now, from the outside looking in, that sounds like it's something that you wouldn't ever be able to do. But when you think about who we are as souls on a soul level and the journey that we're on, we're gifted with certain experiences for us to grow and for us to, to live out and play out the lessons that we're supposed to learn. So I fully believe that I was supposed to learn about self-belief. I was supposed to learn about like how to feel empowered and how to have a voice and how to express yourself because these are things that I couldn't do before. I didn't feel confident enough to, to share who I was and I was trying to be something that I, that I wasn't. So it really allowed me a greater depth of experience within which to be myself and then to teach from that place as well. 
Yeah, I totally agree with everything you're saying, because I feel like even my biggest struggles, which for me was going through my quarter life crisis, really feeling like I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life, feeling really lost. Um, and truly, I've used that in my work. I use it with my clients nearly every single day. I remember that feeling and current struggles as well. You know, even when you have a successful business and you're moving forward with your dreams, there's tons of stuff that comes up. Yeah. We both know that. And I believe that everything I go through is on behalf of my own growth, but also on behalf of my clients. And so I think that's so important for people to hear. And for people who maybe are struggling right now to know that you can come through and make it to the other side and use that experience to do good in the world. Cause that's clearly what you're doing. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's, there's so much healing that needs to be done and there's so much service that we can provide that it's when I, when I started to talk about the experience and I mean, it's, it hasn't always been something that I can talk about. It's something that brought me great fear and it was when I had to present the Young Entrepreneur of the Year Award to the next year's winner. And I remember I spent the two months in the run-up to the awards ceremony being fearful over standing up and presenting it. But it's those small breakthroughs that actually allow us to help so many more people. Because after presenting that award, there was people crying, there was people coming up and saying, that's happened to me. I get messages on a daily basis from people that are saying, you're giving me the strength to continue to work on myself. So we've got to not think about ourselves. We've got to think about who it can help. Is that what you channeled in the two months before that award ceremony? Were you just thinking about who you could help? Yeah, absolutely. And I still do now because there's a lot of resistance around writing something that contains stories that people might not, might not really be able to understand or they might not see them as mainstream or okay to talk about in public. It's a little bit taboo. And I get people deleting me off Facebook all of the time when I talk about it, when I talk about ending violence to women or the United Nations work that I do. And that's great because I want to help the people that are ready to listen. And it doesn't have to be everyone, um, but just know that there's people out there that are, are ready to receive it. Beautiful. So the work that you're doing now, share a little bit more about that. So I, the main work that I do is as a success coach, a positive psychologist, and I'm now an author as well. So my favorite parts of it, it sounds very basic, but I love the writing and I love the speaking. So they're the simple Not things. Basic. <laughs> they're the, the, yeah, they're the favorite parts of it for me. And I get to work with amazing women on a daily basis who are working on themselves and who are working on their dreams. And the, the reason that I've done so much work with positive psychology is because for me, that science, it's the science of happiness and the science of, of how individuals and businesses can thrive. And for me, it provides like a, almost like an umbrella over everything else that we do in our life. So positive psychology is protective of negative thoughts, negative emotions, negative feeling. It helps your business. It helps your relationships. It helps your health. So for me, I know I'm biased because I've studied it for a decade now, but it really is the thing that can help everything else in your life flourish. Can you give us a breakdown? I know you just described it a little bit here, but a breakdown of what positive psychology would look like if you use it in your everyday life. Yeah, for sure. So one of the main theories that we work with is called the PERMA criteria for flourishing. 
So the, the book that I wrote is really uses this as a, as a tool to help you understand it really in a really easy, practical way. So you have these five things, P-E-R-M-A, and P is for positive emotions. E is for engagement. R is for relationships. M is for meaning. And A is for accomplishment. So if you have those five things in your world, then you're known to be psychologically flourishing and thriving. So if you can do things that make you feel happy, if you can practice gratitude to really boost your positive emotions, then you've got that part in place. If you can do work or an activity or a hobby that you love and you, you feel is interesting for you, then that's your engagement. Positive relationships, so people that support you and you support. Meaning and purpose, why you do what you do, what gets you up out of bed in the morning, and then accomplishment. So knowing that you're constantly progressing and growing all of the time. And that gives you that sense of satisfaction and knowing that you, you're actually doing the work on yourself and it's making a difference. Oh, I love that. That's so easy to remember as well. So when clients come to you, are they um, coming with maybe some of those pieces of the puzzle ticked off or where are they normally when they come and work with you? So a lot of people will have a sense of happiness and they'll have a sense of what it is that they feel is purposeful for them. But the work that we do together, I mean, most of my clients I work with for a full year because as you know, the journey isn't simple and there's a lot of ups and downs and there's a lot of growth to be had when you least expect it. So we work on things and women will come and work with me and they'll have a business and they'll think that they just want to work with the business. But what ends up happening is it's actually the personal growth as well as the growth of the business that really fulfills them. So it's yeah, we see that too at I Heart My yeah. Life. Everyone comes in for coaching training or to learn how to set up the sales funnel. And then when we ask them what their favorite part of the program was, they're like, oh, the mindset work. And I'm a completely different woman. And everyone says I look 10 years younger. And it's all these things that they never expected. Which is an amazing thing because that's life-changing. Like you can learn a skill. Anybody can learn a skill. But to be able to give someone that transformation is, is it's just so wonderful because they'll never be the same again. Oh, I know. It's the best. I agree completely. You can have a webinar out there or a tutorial that helps someone set up what they need to set up in their business, but that inner work, only they can do that. And most people never do. And I think you and I are both such believers that success is an inside job yeah. and it's impossible to just do the business stuff. I know for me, even with the coaches I work with, whether we're going into the program thinking James and I are thinking we want to do the strategy with them. There's always something else that comes up, yeah. whether it's relationship or health or, you know, one of my top business coaches, he talks so much about water and health and physiology in addition to all of the strategy. And so I really think that it's not, you know, it's not just one thing that makes success. Yeah. Agreed. Beautiful. So after the break, I want to talk a little bit more about gratitude and I want to share my embarrassing gratitude story with all of the listeners. <laughs> so we'll talk about that after the break. Think back to the last time you felt healthy and energized. The best times of our lives occur when we're at the peak of our health, sleeping better, full of energy and focus. We know that fades with age and you might be feeling the effects of aging as low energy and poor sleep, but it doesn't have to be that way. There haven't been any nutrition systems designed to rejuvenate our bodies as we get older until now. 
Healthy Cell Pro is the only multinutrient system that impacts the building block of your body, the cell. Created by anti-aging expert and Nobel Prize nominee, Dr. Vincent Giampapa, award-winning Healthy Cell Pro cuts through the complexity of nutrition supplements by simply giving you the purest ingredients, filling dietary gaps to nourish your cells and enhance your quality of life for optimal performance. Visit HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for an exclusive discount or call 844-869-9958. The OutLoud Perspective awaits you in life, love, politics, a healthy lifestyle, your faith, personal development, and living an OutLoud life on AmericaOutloud.com. Glitcher News and Entertainment Network, where you can listen 24-7 on our free apps on both Android and Apple. Welcome to the new era in communications, America Out Loud Talk Radio. And before we took our break, I said that I wanted to share a little bit about my embarrassing gratitude story. So let's dive right into that. And I want to know while I'm talking about this, Nick, if you have any embarrassing stories when it comes to positive psychology and what you've done to get yourself into a happier place. Um, So I'll turn it over to you in a second. So for me, for anyone listening, I moved to London from Ohio on a whim, didn't know anyone, didn't have any money. I started grad school and had to apply for a student loan and had to wait forever for my student loan money to come in from the US. And then it was basically cut in half because the pound was so much stronger than the dollar at that time. And so my life, although I was excited to be in London, it wasn't turning out as expected. And I didn't really know how to change that. And then there was one day where I heard Oprah Winfrey talking about a gratitude journal. So I thought to myself, okay, well, Oprah probably knows what she's talking about. She's created this amazing empire. I'm going to listen to her. So I started my own little Tumblr blog and you can still see it today. Maybe I'll share the link at some point. Started my little Tumblr blog blog and every single day I would list out what I was grateful for. But literally in the beginning, it said things like my pumpkin spice latte, that person who opened the door for me, like the the smallest little things. But although that's kind of embarrassing, I feel like that was something that helped shift my life because before that I was so focused on what wasn't going right, all those things that I just listed out. And then when I started to notice even those tiny little pumpkin spice latte details, I started to recognize all the things that were going well and that were moving my life, that were helping me move my life in the direction of my dreams. And so I just want to share that because, you know, we all think that to make a huge shift in our lives, you know, things have to be monumental or, um, you know, it needs to be a big thing that we do every single day, but it can smart, it can start with those little tiny pieces of gratitude for even the smallest things in your life. Absolutely. And I don't think that's embarrassing. I think that's amazing. And that's why gratitude works so well. So gratitude is one of the only positive psychology interventions that works with clinical populations so people that are struggling with mental disorder and mental illness as well as working with people that are moderately mentally healthy and the reason is exactly the reason that you've just said you could choose something as simple as the bed that you lay in or a friend on the phone who has a conversation with you to make you feel good and it's in those moments that we find our joy 
And it really allows us that platform to understand that we already have so much rather than wanting more. Yeah, it's so true. And I think I just get embarrassed looking back at that journal that was like on Tumblr for everyone to see. And I'm like talking about the tiniest little things. I got to pet a cat today. Like seriously, it was stuff like that that was on there. But I see what you're saying. And Mm -hmm. that's so true. Anyone can get into this practice. Absolutely. And that's why I made it the first chapter of my book. My brother used to always make fun of me because he said that every time I saw him, I was living in Los Angeles for a few years and I flew back to see him in England and he picked me up from the airport and I said to him, oh, I'm so grateful for something. And he said, I I wondered how long it was going to take you to say, to drop a G-bomb and say, I'm grateful. He said, you do it all of the time. And I thought, well, I'm not going to stop now. (laughs) I love that. I read that in the book as well. And I was like, that's brilliant. The G-bomb. Beautiful. (laughs) Can you hold up the book? I know you have it there. Yes, I've got it right here. Amazing. So Nick's book is called Now is Your Chance. And it's available, you said, Kindle, paperback, everything. Yeah, audiobook. Yeah, all around the world. Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Indigo on my website. So yeah. Amazing. So for everyone listening, definitely go out and get that. I've read it and James has read it and it's really powerful. And the thing that I love about it is it makes positive psychology and creating your best life so simple Mm -hmm. because the chapters are just, they're small, they're really digestible. Um, It's simple action steps that literally anyone can do. Absolutely. And that was important for me because we're very busy and I find myself sometimes not reading full chapters of books. So I thought if I can't do it, then why should I expect anyone else to? So I'll make the book 30 really simple days and ways that you can put into practice practically straight away. Beautiful. So I'd love for you to share some of your, whether they're embarrassing or not, doesn't matter, but some of your current practices, because I think it's also interesting for those of us who have done this work and have done a lot of mindset work and personal development to know what it is that you do as you continue to go to the next level. I know you have a seven figure business and just like me, you're constantly going to the next level in every way. So what are some of your practices? So we're definitely always stretching ourselves. And I think a mistake that's very easy to make is that when you reach a goal, everything's done. And it's, it's, like, the, it's like a book. A book's never done. It's always a journey that's a progression and it's a growth and it's an expansion. So whenever you experience success, it's great to celebrate it. But it's also good to understand that there can be the, the ups and the downs within that success as well. So that's why it's so vitally important that you do have a practice that you can do daily that you can fall back on. So for me, it's a morning ritual. So I do a morning ritual where I'll get up and gratitude's actually the first thing that I do. So I'll do a gratitude rampage and I'll fill a page in my notepad with everything that I'm grateful for, big and small, celebrate all of it. Then I'll do a meditation. So it'll just be something small And I always recommend just starting with, by making things as easy as possible, five minutes or 10 minutes and make it manageable because if it's hard and it's a struggle and you won't do it daily and the consistency is what's important. So I do gratitude meditation. I'll then do a, um, some sort of movement of my body. So a dance party. Um, and this is outside of my workout or I'll do press ups, sit ups, squats, 
I'll do some written affirmations. So things that I'm working on at that particular time. And then I'll read my goal out loud. So there's something to be said about actually expressing through the voice. So that really makes the, the thoughts that I think and the things that I believe just really come into the reality a little bit more. So that's a big, big part of my life, a big part of my day. I love that. And how long does that whole practice take you? It can take me anywhere from 20 minutes to two hours. It depends on what I've got going on on that day. I'll always work out as well. So I'll always go to a spin class or a gym class. And that makes me feel like up into those positive emotions. And when you are experiencing positive emotions, that's when you are more creative. You obviously feel happier. It's when you build better relationships, you have better ideas and you're more productive. So if you focused on just one thing to do at the start of your day, it's doing something that makes you feel good, that puts you into that place where you, you're more likely to have confidence in yourself. You're more likely to find that self-assurance and then everything else can unfold from there. And when you talk about the goal that you read out loud, is that a goal that changes regularly? Is it like an annual goal? Tell us a little bit more. That's usually like a major big picture goal. So it used to be that I'm a best-selling Hay House author and seven-figure success coach um, that's sharing my message with the world and bringing light through positive psychology and empowering women. So and it's you did that. Still, yeah, I knew it was cool, wasn't it? <laughs> and I think there's something to be said about that, about really living into the dreams that you want to create, really bringing them into your heart space as well as into your mindset but making sure that you're living with them every single day. So now it's something similar, but it's bigger. So it's about being on big, huge stages. I've yeah. already spoken to a few thousand, but I want to speak to 10,000. I would love to be on the New York Times bestseller list. So it's all about growth and it's exactly the same stuff as I'm doing right now, but doing it bigger and better and having a bigger impact. And for those people who are resistant to their morning routine, uh, which is me, because I've tried a bunch of things and nothing seems to feel like the right fit. It feels like it's a lot of pressure. I feel like I already have to do so many things in my day, like go to the gym. And I know that's a mindset shift, but I'm working on it. What would you say to that person who's in that space? Would you say start small, start with one thing? What would be your advice? Start small and also understand that every single other thing that you have scheduled in your day will be more enjoyable and will flow better as a result. So I would say do 10 minutes in the morning and do thank, connect and move. So gratitude, and that might be just inside of your mind or written down, thank, sorry, connect. So doing a meditation and then movement. For me, it has to be a dance party. It's like, I'm like a child dancing around the kitchen in the morning, but it just gives you that. It helps with your self-expression. It helps with the energy and it's so much fun as well. Everyone who knows me well, who's listening will know that I will not be doing a dance party because I don't <laughs> like to dance. Um, <laughs> I'm revealing a lot on this episode, um, but I do, I am a firm believer in stretching because my husband is obsessed with stretching. So I can do that. I can do yeah. some I can do some yoga. Um, so that seems easy enough. There's really no excuse. <laughs> yeah. So you could do like sun salutations or something and that would just really open you up into your day. Perfect. Perfect. Done. Starting tomorrow. 
Beautiful. So I'd love to hear, so you mentioned a little bit about speaking on stages, um, some of these big goals, the New York Times bestsellers list. How do you continue to move forward with those big goals and with those dreams, despite having so much on your plate, running this business? What have been some of your keys to continual growth? It's definitely something that I've had to examine over the past months because we had a huge year last year. So we had a lot of international retreats that we were running. We had the book launch, the book launch event. Um, there was a lot going on. And I think I came away from all of those experiences and really had to do a lot of reflection on, obviously it had been amazing and it was fantastic for the brand and it's been such a, a whirlwind but sometimes you just need to allow these experiences to really sink in. But I think because I was so tired and I'd pushed myself so hard, I came out of it and I thought, like, how have I done this? And I, I feel exhausted after it. So it took me a little bit of space and reconnecting with the, the celebration of what I'd actually achieved before I looked at what I could do to move forwards. So for me, structure and routine is a huge thing for this year. That's a big intention for me. Obviously, as you know, I, I moved from Los Angeles to Cape Town and I have a lot more of a settled life. So I have a commitment to not traveling as much and really focusing on what the big important things are to get out of this year, next year, the next five, 10 years and how my decision making and how they inform my decision making. So being a positive psychologist, and naturally, if anyone listening is a positive person, you'll be more likely to say yes to things and take bigger risks. And when, yes. you're, that op yeah. so when you're that optimist, you can end up with a ton of stuff on your plate. And then you and end if up- if you're driven and you're constantly accelerating and you don't have a break, that adds on more things. <laughs> yeah. So you can have too much. You can experience exhaustion, fatigue, and burnout. And really what we should be doing is enjoying the journey along the way. So it's about having some sort of system in place to say, I want to say yes, but I'm actually going to get one of my team to go through this checklist first <laughs> and say, is this something that we need to be doing right now? Okay. So I want to talk about the checklist, but I also want to come back to this idea of celebrating because I think that's so key. Mm. But tell us a little bit about the checklist. What has to be on your list to, for you to say yes? So it would be the, the alignment with the big projects that we're working on. So the big goals, so things like, for, for example, last year, one of my big initiatives for the year was the book. So we had a lot of things, whether it was a collaboration or it was travel, that we said no to around the October, November time because that was the time of the book launch. So thinking about what's really important and what you would love to look back at the end of the year and say, I did really well in that thing and understand that your priorities have to come first. A lot of people will get you to work on their priorities first, but as long as you have this big vision and your big picture goals in your mindset, then you know how to make those decisions. So it's thinking about, does it support the big goals? Does it support my health? Because with traveling so much, that's something that I've really felt it suffered over the years. Um, is it fun? <laughs> it has to be fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's the, it, one of the great choices that we get to make as entrepreneurs. We get to, to choose the things that we do. It's a very, very blessed place to be in. 
That's such a great reminder because I think so many people who start a business, that's the dream is to be able to have freedom of choice. Mm. But then you start the business, you start taking on clients, you start to have responsibility and it feels like there's a lot more obligations than you expected. And so I think having that checklist, that's such a brilliant, tangible way that especially busy driven people um, can check in and say, is this really in alignment with the big vision? Sometimes fear will be there and it's still in alignment. Mm. So, you know, I, I wouldn't say that um, it should be all things that don't scare you because if you're up leveling, you will fear, feel some of that fear, but it should feel exciting. It should feel fun. It should feel like it's going to help move the needle and um, really contribute to that big picture goal. So I love that. Amazing. I'm going to use it. And, you know, just to come back to the point about celebrating, I do think that a lot of us, we wait until we reach the big goal to actually celebrate. And this is something I practice with all of my clients. Every single Friday, we have success Fridays in our Facebook group. So everyone posts something that they're proud of, something they did well, something they're excited about, so that we are constantly expressing gratitude, celebrating our success, really recognizing what's going well, because it's if you wait until you reach the goal, sometimes you get to the end of that launch, you have that one glass of champagne and it's like, really, this is what I just worked six months for, <laughs> like this one glass of champagne. And if we're not living the life that we want along with living our dream, then what are we doing? Mm, absolutely. So one of the, the chapters in the book where I really touched on that, but just not not necessarily only in relation to success and business was the chapter that's about seeing the good in everything. So when we're children, we look around us and we're like, whoa, how amazing is this? How amazing is that butterfly or that cat that you saw? And actually becoming more childlike and more appreciative of the awesome things in our world can allow you to celebrate things that are, yes, the big things, but also the little things along the way. So noticing a blue sky and being grateful for that or celebrating somebody else's win and really feeling that and really getting connected with that. It's a, it's a really, really amazing way to live. Oh, I love that. And I still think butterflies are crazy amazing. I mean, how does it go from a little caterpillar and then turn into something completely different? I know. <laughs> we could be a expert on this show or something at some point. <laughs> Beautiful. So let's take a quick break here. And when we get back, the next segment is going to be for all of those people out there who feel that celebrating is wrong or bragging is wrong. And I really want to support you in shifting that because I think as women, we really need to acknowledge all the things that we're doing well in order to feel happier, feel stronger, feel more empowered, and also attract more positive things into our life. So we'll talk about that after the break. The goal is to deliver a message of truth, inspiration, and hope to the world to unite people from all backgrounds and beliefs in an effort to advance humanity. News blogs, informative podcasts, and entertaining videos. It's AmericaOutloud.com where the conversation never ends. The 24-7 streaming on our free apps on both Android and Apple. Welcome to the new era in communications, America Out Loud Talk Radio. All right, 
everyone. It's Emily Williams. This is the I Heart My Life show, and I have Nick Pigeon here with me. She's a positive psychologist and success coach and best-selling Hay House author. So before we took that pause, we were talking a little bit about celebration and sharing how it's so important to look for all the good that's happening in your life. And I think especially as women, we are taught not to brag. We're taught Mm -hmm. not to be full of ourselves. And I actually believe the opposite. I know that I, to bring Oprah back into the show again, I remember hearing her talk about how she encouraged herself to brag. She encouraged herself to be boastful, to be full of herself because she spent so many years being the complete opposite. And so that's what I desire in my programs and with our clients to really help them learn to celebrate themselves. So I'm curious to know your take and experience with that, Nick. I absolutely believe that. And I think it's, especially being English, you grow up and you're taught to be modest. So it can feel uncomfortable when you celebrate your strengths. But this is actually another of the, the elements that's really strongly grounded in positive psychology and science. So there's evidence to show that when you celebrate your strengths, you become stronger and more successful. People actually build better relationships with you. You reach your goals so much faster and you're physically and mentally healthier as well. So it's not just a a women's empowerment thing, but it's a scientific thing as well. It really, really does help. And I think that we always need to be the the positive, um, show a positive lead because there's so much disempowerment out there and that is more of a problem as I see it than a, a lack of humility. Like I really think that the more we can do for people developing their confidence and having a presence and having a voice, the better the world will be, the better place the world, the world will be in general. I agree completely. And I think one of the things that's helped shift me and feel more comfortable celebrating is having amazing women like you in my life who don't think it's a weird thing. Mm. If I text them and say like, Hey guys, just made six figures this month or made, you know, had a seven figure launch or whatever it may be. And I think that's also so important. Have you found that too? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I think it's a, a new way of doing life and business. It really is this sense of collaboration and people coming together to support each other. The, the old style was competition and conflict and this is mine over here and you can't have it. And if I share it, then bad things are going to happen. But now we or know that, go around. yeah, absolutely. There's always more and we know that the universe is abundant and we're always going to be supported. So why not have friends to come along with you on the way? Like, it's an amazing thing to celebrate your, your friends and your, your, the people that are on this journey with you. Yeah, and even thinking about us doing this right now, we work with very similar people. And although I don't always know the science behind why I do what I do, as you just pointed out, um, you know, our clients are very similar, but there's always more than enough to go around. Mm -hmm. And I can't think of anyone better, you know, to be here and to talk about this subject with because, um, you know, I admire your work so much. And I will always send people your way and tell them about your book and, you know, brag about you. And uh, I think that's so important that we continue to build one another up. I agree. And I think it really, it really shines through for other people looking from the outside in because people say to me all the time, like, Nick, I love how much you share other people. I love how much you work with other people. And you see that people will learn from that and it'll make your clients bigger people. It'll make my clients bigger people and understand just how much possibility we all have when we work together. Love it. 
And so can you talk a little bit about your journey to location freedom? Because I think a lot of people listening, they'll hear your accent and then hear that you lived in LA for a while and now you're in Cape Town. So can you talk a little bit about how you made that decision, how you got kind of the guts to do that? And um, yeah, just share a little bit about your experience living life like that. Yeah, of course. It's been an amazing, amazing journey. So I left the UK to I left the UK in 2015 in June to write my book for three months. And I thought I'm not going to do it in Newcastle where it's cold and grey. I'm going to go to Australia. And I decided to stay with a friend for three months, and I never went home. So from that place and space, my online business had started to thrive. And it didn't straight away though. It actually it actually was going to fail. So it took for me to go all in and decide that this was what I wanted to do. I was going to work so hard on it. And I ended up doing nine months in Australia. I then did almost two years in Los Angeles. And then I've been in Cape Town for just a couple of months now. And what it took for me to to do that was for me to have the vision to see what was possible, for me to know that you actually can have a laptop Wi-Fi and a dream and actually make that happen and make it a lifestyle for yourself. So last year I took 67 flights, which is a ridiculous number of flights, but it meant that I could speak in places like Hollywood and Miami. It meant that I could travel and see my family or have 30th birthday parties wherever I wanted in the world. So it's been a great gift as well as a great challenge. And it does take a lot of courage I remember on more than one occasion, I've texted my dad and I said, dad, I'm scared. I'm going on this round the world trip on my own because as you know, I was on my own. I didn't have a partner or anyone with me. So it does take a lot of bravery, but the, the character that you build along the way is so worth it. I love that you pointed out the courage because I think a lot of people would say to themselves, oh, of course, I'd love to go to Australia and not write my book in Newcastle, but it's not possible for me. Mm-hmm. Like it's easy for her. She had all the money she needed or she had, you know, whatever. So talk a little bit about, you know, the reality. And you even said the business didn't take off right away. So what have you had to overcome to be able to do that? So when I left the country, I left with very limited funds. I had saved up enough to, for, for the three months, and that was basically it. And my assistant and I at the time had decided to launch a, an online course. And we thought it was because we'd worked on it so hard, it was automatically going to work. But it was a group coaching program, and we had a grand total of one person sign up. And one person isn't a group. So you can imagine I'm now on the other side of the world. I've sold my car. I've moved out of my apartment. I've literally got, I think I had um, $1,100 in my bank account and things weren't working. So I was faced with a decision and the decision that I made was actually to work with a coach. So I hired a coach to help me get the confidence and to have the strategy in place so that I could completely change things. From that point, that month, I made $35,000 in a month, my first month in business. Wow. And you, do you attribute that to working with the coach or what helped you transform? It was absolutely working with the coach so that I could see my own brilliance and so that I could see how much I already knew and already had and then put that into a place in a, with a proven method. 
So I know that if I hadn't have worked with, with a coach at that time, then I wouldn't be where I am now. And why do you think we can't see our brilliance? I feel like it's a lot of conditioning that is built up over time. So we're conditioned to believe that we can't have more or we've learned a behavior, whether it's been from school or whether it's been from a parent that says money doesn't grow on trees. You can't have it all. So for me, I, at that time, I had my parents and my brother saying, you need to get a job, Nick. You can't do this. You can't be an entrepreneur. Why do you think you can write a book? So it was a, a challenge for me to go back to the practices that I knew again, to immerse myself in positivity, in podcasts, in movement, and actually get centered on what I wanted and what was true for me and find that knowing inside of myself once more that said, do you know what? I don't care what anybody else thinks because I know that I can do this. And that's what it took. I think a lot of people will resonate with that because they might not have the most supportive friends and family or people that get it. And the truth is, is most people, they're not inside of your heart. They don't know what's there. They just want to protect you. They just want the best for you. And so it's not coming from an evil place. Mm -hmm. It's coming from a place of love, but it still doesn't feel good when you're this driven person and you know what you're capable of and you don't have that support. So I think that's such a great reminder. Um, and so you hit the $35,000 and things started to shift. Tell us what happened from there. So from there, I decided to extend my trip. I decided to stay in Australia and continue this journey. I then went on to create six figures within the first three months of the business, which was an amazing thing and gave me so much new energy and momentum to keep on going. So I then, I thought at that time, it kind of gave me a lot of more opportunities and choices and confidence, knowing that I'd made it work in one place. And Los Angeles was always the place I wanted to end up. But yeah. I was scared and I didn't go because I was on my own. But then one of my team said she would come with me. So I took the business, met up with one of my team for three months in Los Angeles and ended up staying there. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Ooh. That's incredible. Is the team member still there? She is still in the States, yeah. She still lives in the States and she's, we still work together. Amazing. So I think it's so inspirational just to see everything that you've overcome and the fact, like you said, you were doing it alone. You didn't have a husband, you didn't have a partner there. Now you do. Um, but you know, at the time it was all you and you didn't even have the, the belief of everyone around you. And so talk a little bit about how you started to create your tribe of people who did believe in you and did, did share a common mindset. Yeah, I think you, you try to be always around you. You just don't realize. So it's about noticing who those cheerleaders are for you and really giving them the, the, the gratitude and giving them the, the space that they deserve. Because there's been people in my life, whether it's been a, a teacher, my old English teacher, he was always a champion. I had one of my friend's mums, my ex-partner's dad. So you'll notice there's certain people along your journey that are there supporting and inspiring you. But then you naturally have a, an ability to, to attract people that are the same type of person as you. And for me, it's not that I've ever gone out to, uh, to like meet people or, do you know what I mean? I, I haven't yeah. intentionally just like targeted people, but by being myself and by loving what I do and by always having a desire and a commitment to create value first that it, I've developed fantastic relationships. 
And one of the things that people are really surprised at is whenever I meet someone and I say, tell me about the amazing things that you do and I'd love to learn. And then they tell me and I'm like, wow, that's amazing. How can I help you? Just tell me how I can help. And people are literally like, what? You don't want something from me. And I'm like, no, like, tell me how I can help you. And I think when you're building relationships, that's a really powerful place to be committed to come from because we should always look for what we can give rather than what we can get. And that will always stand us in good stead and we'll have amazing people around us for the long term. Oh, I think that's so beautiful and so true. And I know for me, so many doors have been opened through relationships and through people who are givers. And I try and reciprocate that as much as I possibly can because it's so true. So one of the questions that I love to ask all of the people on this show is what has enabled you to create a life that's better than your dreams? I think for me, it is a a commitment to working hard. So you can't get away from the fact that if you want something, then you have to go out and you've got to do it yourself. Yes, people can support you and help you, but you've got to do the work and you've got to be the driver in that. I've also been willing to take risks where other people wouldn't necessarily be willing to take risks. And there's been times, the night before my book launch, Emily, before the, the actual event, I was texting my partner and my, one of my team and I said, I'm scared. I don't want to do it. I want to cancel it. So we have all of these thoughts and these feelings, but the difference between the people that do and the people that don't do is that the people that do continue to push themselves, they continue to take the risk because it feels like a risk putting yourself out there, out of your comfort zone, but you've got to keep on going to keep on growing. Hmm. I love that. And we did talk a little bit about fear and how that's going to show up. If you're continuing to go to the next level, to push yourself, to push the boundaries, then you're going to feel fear because you're human and your ego and mind likes to tell you that it's not safe, but you know, in your heart, what's possible and what you desire. And if that step will lead you towards that big picture vision, then you take it anyway. Do it. Yeah, absolutely. So what would you say in the next chapter, even the next year, what are you most excited about? So I'm very excited about um, obviously growing the book some more because one thing that I've learned about the book is that just because you've written it, it's not over. So it's such a tool that I want to get into the hands of as many people as possible. I want to um, do some more live events. So I'm speaking at some Hay House events and running my own live events as well. Um, Less travel and more depth of experience. So I'm running some retreats, but I'm running them here in Cape Town. Um, So we're just really looking forward to to doing more with what I've already created. When you say depth of experience, can you describe that a little more? Yeah, so obviously I have a a very new relationship and I want to, to really have a focus on that. So a lot of my intentions and initiatives over the past years have been business related because that's been my primary focus. And I still have them but I really want to focus on this relationship and this family side of things as well, because it's new for me and it's something that I'm really enjoying the experience of already. So I really want to give enough attention and time and care for that as well. I love it. Yeah. And I know you and I are about having it all and that it's possible to have it all. Yeah. Beautiful. So where can people find you online? How can they follow you? And do you have anything that you'd like them to opt in for to experience? Yeah, of course. So I'm online at nickpigeon.com. 
and on Facebook and LinkedIn at Nick Pigeon as well, and then Instagram Nick Pidge. So I can be found all over social media, and there's a, a I would love for your support in um, buying and sharing the book. So a big initiative that I have with Now Is Your Chance is that you buy one of the books for yourself. You also buy one for someone else, and you pay it forwards. So you give a copy of the book to somebody else, you ask them to give the copy of the book to somebody else as well to spread the message of happiness far and wide. Oh, that's so beautiful. And so people can find that on your website or Amazon, I assume. Yeah, yeah, both of those places. Awesome. And then I think you already ha- you also have your $35,000 free gift as well on the site. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. So there's a 35K in 35 days free case study training that I'm sharing as well. And then also a millionaire morning ritual. So we oh, can all that. use that. That's the short one. That's the 10 minute one. Oh, perfect. So I can use that and get yeah. over my fear of morning rituals. Absolutely. <laughs> Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Nick. I know it's been such an inspiration having you here. And for everyone listening, I just hope that Nick is a reminder of what's possible. None of us, even if it looks like from the outside looking in, have it all together. We've all been through struggles. We've overcome a lot. We've moved past fears and doubts and insecurities. And so if you're facing any of those today, just know that it's possible for you to shift your life, to move into a more positive place, to create the the life and the wealth and the business of your dreams. You can create that life that's better than your dreams. And now is your chance. So take action starting today. And I look forward to seeing you on another episode of the I Heart My Life show very soon. Bye.